you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for the big game, no matter how you watch it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how is it going, sir? It's going great. Uh, we're finally trying to turn the page on the, the Cowboys' loss. It's time to actually look forward towards the Falcons, uh, and I'm excited to actually finally get into that. Yeah, let's go ahead and preview that Cowboys-Falcon Week 2 matchup, which uh, it's a big one. You never want to call yeah. a Week 2 game a must-win, uh, <laughs> but we know the odds of teams making the playoffs when they start off at 0-2, although those odds might change a little bit now that you can have three wildcard teams make it, uh, but still, you never want to go down 0-2. So, Let's talk about this matchup. Uh, I want to start with the Cowboys offense uh, against the Atlanta defense. After a, you know, up and down week one performance against the Rams, the Cowboys offense will be looking to bounce back. Um, Let's start with Dak Prescott. How do you think he's going to perform against this Atlanta Falcons defense? Well, I think, you know, what you're going to find is that uh, they similarly are built from the inside out from a pass Mm -hmm. rush perspective. I mean, Grady Jarrett is going to be the guy – that, you know, he's not Aaron Donald by any stretch of the imagination, no. but, I mean, he's that next tier beneath Aaron Donald. Uh, and their outside pass rushers, uh, Dante Fowler and, and uh, Tack McKinley, haven't been, uh, you know, fantastic so far in the last, you know, at least they are talented half, half dozen games. They are talented guys. They have underperformed, to say the least, Tack McKinley being a first-round pick, and so is Dante Fowler. Um, I think that the issue is that they – you know, they, they haven't really quite put it all together from the inside-outside perspective. I think you saw a little bit more from Tack McKinley uh, this first game against Seattle. That may have been partially due to the fact that Seattle's notorious, you know, it's notoriously bad offensive line play, mm-hmm. though it does seem that they got a little bit better. So with the Cowboys beat up at the tackle position, it'll be interesting to see exactly how well he'll be able to take advantage of that situation. Um, but I, I think, you know, really, you know, for the Cowboys – they are going to be able to attack this secondary. I think that that's the spot where they're, you know, definitely the weakest on defense. Uh, I, I think most Cowboys fans know that uh, the, the Falcons took AJ Terrell in the first round pick this year because thank you. it was, yes, thank you. It was the pick <laughs> that sealed the deal for us getting CD lamb. So uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be out there and he'll be a starter. He's, uh, he struggled a lot, a lot last week and that's not surprising with the uh, rookie nope. corners. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, they are a little bit banged up there too. I think Kendall Sheffield, who I, is their third corner is uh, a little bit banged up. Uh, and Isaiah Oliver, I think, is the other starter out on the outside. Not, you know, not exactly an elite secondary, to say the least. Uh, really, it's going to be for the Cowboys about uh, getting protection against Grady Jarrett, not letting an interior defensive lineman wreck their game plan again. 
uh, and and letting the guys on the outside, you know, win where 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 the talent is is a, is quite a mismatch against the the Falcons secondary. Let's talk about that Cowboys offensive line because in Week One uh, they weren't very good, according to Pro Football Focus. They were the third worst offensive line in the NFL, uh, one of the worst in pass protection. Uh, it looks like Terrence Steele is going to be starting again on that right side. Uh, how nervous are you about this Cowboys offensive line against? Uh, a pretty good Atlanta defense. I mean, I, or excuse me, Atlanta front, you know, four, because uh, Dante Fowler's been a pretty good pass rusher. Grady Jarrett is somebody that we both like a lot. Uh, how do you feel like they match up against those guys? Well, I mean, again, I think the the good news for the Cowboys is that the strength of their pass rush is coming from, you know, going against the strength of our offensive line, and that's the interior. I, you know, despite Connor Williams – maybe not having a superstar game. I thought he did okay against Aaron Donald at times. Zach Martin really struggled, and I, but I mm. definitely, definitely, you know, look for him to have a bounce back, you know, game for sure because I, I just don't imagine him having two games in a row like that. I, you know, I think that the Cowboys are going to need to do a little bit better job of, of protecting themselves at the tackle spot. Um, I think, you know, one game underneath their belt is going to help Terrence Steele, but I also think it's going to help with the Cowboys – you know, trying to exactly know what they have in the in the young offensive tackle and how much protection they need to, they need to give him. How many maybe some more six man protections? Uh, you know, now that Blake Jarwin is out, maybe you leave a tight end in to block a little bit more, or, or you you leave Zeke in a little bit more to help him out. You know, I, I don't think that Tack McKinley, you know, despite maybe an uptick in play, he, he is talented. I don't think he's quite gotten to the point yet where uh, he's, you know, the guy that you circle on game plans, you know, every week no, when you go against not, him. No. But with a young with a young offensive tackle who, you know, doesn't have a huge pedigree to say the least, I think there are certain ways to kind of give them help, the help he needs to, to just make sure that your offensive line is functional for Dak to get the ball down the field. Should be interesting to see how the Cowboys handle that interior defensive line. Marlon Davidson, uh, their yeah. second-round pick from Auburn, didn't play in week one. It looks like he may be back. Uh, he's kind of one of those jumbo defensive ends that can kick inside uh, on pass-rushing situations. Keep an eye on the rookie. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the run game because Atlanta in week one, their defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, talked about loading up to stop Chris Carson, uh, Seattle's running back. Uh, that came back to bite him a little bit as Seattle <laughs> yeah. threw all over, uh, you know, the, this Atlanta defense. But how do we anticipate the Falcons trying to stop the Cowboys? Do you envision Morris doing the same thing, trying to load up to stop Zeke to get Cowboys in, you know, some long second and third, you know, second downs, third downs, or do you expect them to be in some lighter boxes and basically daring the Cowboys to stick with the rushing attack? I mean, I think if, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm going to make them get into a, a lighter situation. I'm going to go out in 11 personnel and I'm going to run the ball. And, and, and because I think, you know, again, one of the areas that you can kind of neutralize that interior pass rush and, and you know, Tack McKinley and Dante Fowler for sure is in the run game. I think you can get out there and run the football. And that's also going to help your young tackle feel a lot better. And again, frankly, like we've talked about you know, all week, it's, this offense is going to perform a little bit better when it's able to keep the defense on its toes when they don't know whether it's run or pass, when they don't know, you know, where, where it's coming. If they know the down a distance is going to dictate the, the play call, the, the Cowboys offense may struggle a little bit like they did last week. But I think if the Cowboys are able to spread things out, uh, get into 11 personnel, uh, they're going to find that, you know, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons defense has not been 
really well known for stopping the run, especially these last, you know, half dozen games that they've been playing in. Now that hasn't stopped the Cowboys from, you know, having a bad run defense hasn't stopped the Cowboys, you know, from, from not being able to run the ball before, but I'm hoping that, that this week the Cowboys will be able to take advantage of that. I mean, I think Zeke played really well. One of the few bright spots uh, for, for the offense of week one, if you could take advantage of them, keep them off, off their, off on their toes and, and not knowing what's going on. I think the advantage of also having all those extra defensive back backs out there, as opposed to other players, I think that is also going to be exposing the, the, the Falcons because they really, you know, not only do they, is AJ Terrell a young player and uh, their top guy, they don't have a lot of great depth. So the more yeah, that they get yeah. spread out, um, the more that they'll probably get exposed by, you know, people down roster, the Cowboys wide receiver core, like CD lamb, who is not your average wide receiver three. Yeah, Atlanta likes to play a lot of three safety looks, a lot of big yeah. nickel. Uh, they run a ton of cover three. It's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys attack it. Uh, I expect Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to have monster, monster performances in this one. They're going to be left a lot of times one-on-one -on -one, uh, yeah. with lesser players. They should have big performances. Um, what are we thinking? Like the Cowboys, should they be able to score 27, 28 points in this contest? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is that, you know, they don't have a Jalen Ramsey to kind of compliment the the Aaron Donald to, to kind of really make Dak hold on his first read uh, the way that they did. And then uh, again, Aaron Donald is a step above Grady Jarrett. So I think those two things combined may give Dak just a, the that much more time to get the ball to who he wants and, and allow guys like Cooper to get open a lot quicker and maybe even down the field a lot more than you would say against Ramsey or Ty Hill. It's going to be fascinating to see how Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy uh, scheme up the Cowboys offense here in week two after a lackluster week one performance. I wanted to tell you guys about Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities, whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops. Local businesses have been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our names, always giving back and making a difference and going that extra mile to support us in our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, Lana, let's talk about the Cowboys defense against the Atlanta offense because I think this is a fascinating matchup. Uh, yeah. In Julio Jones's history against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he's played four games. He has 470 yards. He has uh, three touchdowns. They haven't been able to slow him down. Calvin Ridley had a monster week one performance. Um, they have a pretty talented offensive line. How do you think the Cowboys match up against this explosive Falcons offense? Well, I think that they match up despite the fact that, you know, they're playing probably a better pass offense. They, they match up a lot better, I think. And, and I, and I it's think it's weird. That, I agree with you though. I think yeah. you're right. I think they're a better offense, but Dallas actually matches up better against this Falcons offense. They're not going to have all the kind of sweeteners that, that is what really was giving the Dallas defense a lot of fits. And frankly, because they throw the football so much, you know, just in regular drop back pass situations a lot, it's going to expose Atlanta's offensive line, which you know, I think has some talent on it. They, they added some young pieces last year, uh, but I, I don't know that I, I would call what Caleb McGarry put out on, on tape last year as a successful right tackle play. No, and I think that, right. and Chris Lidstrom, you know, 
played basically one game before he was injured and, and missed a, a good portion of the season. I think he made it back for the last four games. But so, you know, they're still very young. Um, and I think that, that that kind of, that's an area that can be exposed. They exposed, they brought in James Carpenter, who's an, an older guy. He's bounced around. He's been a tackle. He's been a guard. They love uh, maybe, first round picks. Basically, if you're a former first round pick, you're going to start on that offense. That's right. That's the same thing with Jake Matthews. I mean, they basically, you know, those guys are kind of the more veteran guys in, of, of the group to be sure. But at the same, and, and obviously Alex Mack, but I think, you know, Matthews injured himself week one. He hasn't, quite been the same player for a couple of years as well. Carpenter mm-hmm. is, you know, never really been an elite player at, 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 at his position at any position that he's played in Mac. I mean, I think is, you know, obviously one time, one of the best centers in the league, but you know, that was a long time ago. And that right, that right side, I think can really potentially be exposed by the likes of, you know, Tristan Hill and Demarcus Lawrence. So I, I think for the Cowboys, you know, especially if they're able to deploy their NASCAR package a lot more than they were last uh, last Sunday, which you know they weren't able to because there were so so few obvious passing downs. The Cowboys weren't able to get the the, the Rams into situations where they knew that they were going to throw the ball. Uh, and I think that the with Atlanta's inability, you know, to run the football, frankly, even with uh, even with the addition of of uh, I'm completely blanking on it, on his name that we just the the running back they just added. Oh, for, Todd Gurley, yeah. Todd, Todd Gurley, Gurley, of course. Former first-round pick, of course. Yeah, former first-round pick who, who who basically has, you know, made us forget because he's, you know, at 24 years old and basically has, has arthritic knees. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the, the good news for for them is that they're they're playing us with a Todd Gurley that only had 14 carries. He's only 14 carries into his regular season, which is probably the best Todd Gurley you're going to get all season. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, they, they don't really have the offensive line necessarily to – uh, grind you to the dust you would hope I guess that's really where the, the most you know the the most question comes in here is I think if the Cowboys could find a way to get them into passing situations whether that's by stopping them early in the run game or by the Dallas offense getting so far ahead that it's forcing them to get into more passing situations I think that's the best scenario for the Cowboys defense when they can send wave after wave of pass rusher after Matt Ryan uh, who's you know athletic enough for a guy his age but he's not you know he's not Russell Wilson he's not uh Jared Goff being rolled out of the pocket intentionally he's a guy that will take hits if he stands in the pocket so earlier this week we spoke to Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons uh, and he was talking about Jake Matthews their left tackle uh who you brought up uh has been dealing with a knee injury he kind of had to gut it out through the week one game not 100% healthy at all um and historically that's been someone who has really struggled with Everson Griffin uh, in all the times they've played. So I'm really looking to see how Everson Griffin matches up over there. Uh, I think we were both a little disappointed with Griffin's play in week one. Um, you know, he was severely outplayed by Alden Smith. I expect Everson Griffin to have a, a much, much better performance. Um, let's talk about some of those weapons, Landon, that the Falcons have. Mm. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, not much needs to be said about him. There's Calvin Ridley. There's Hayden Hurst, another former first-round pick who they traded for this offseason. How do you think the Cowboys' young, inexperienced defensive backs match up with these group of receivers and tight ends? Well, we also probably need to talk about Russell Gage, who had 114 yards against the Seahawks week Absolutely. one. And they had a trio of 100-plus receivers. In fact, I, I mean, I can't even believe when I went back and saw this because I watched the football game. Matt Ryan had 450 passing yards against Seattle. That's crazy. just crazy. And, and frankly, 
you know, it really tells a tale with Matt Ryan and, and these Atlanta Falcons. I think in, in general, you've seen since the Super Bowl, this offense has been able to kind of maintain a level of, of firepower. I mean, maybe not quite the same level that they had when Shanahan was play calling, but they have been able to, uh, you know, maintain at least some, you know, some fireworks just because by proxy of the fact that they have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and then, then they add, you know, Calvin Ridley and, and just a so bunch of talent everywhere. They have a lot of talent. Yeah. Talent. So yeah. I, I think the issue for this team has been that the defense has been a roller coaster. And, and that's, you know, saying something for a team that's led by a, a guy who was famous for taking Seattle to the Super Bowl with his defense. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, I think there will be fireworks. I, th- I think I anticipate this to be a shootout, you know, and, and I think that, that, that both teams are going to come out throwing and, and probably keep throwing because, yeah, I do think that there's a mismatch with the Cowboys uh, defensive backs and the, and the Atlanta Falcons receiver, but I think – there's probably a mismatch with most teams in the, in the Atlanta Falcons receiver core. So for the Cowboys, if it becomes a game where we, uh, where we, you know, everyone's throwing the ball and it's, it's a shootout. I actually think I like the Cowboys a little bit more on this simply because of the fact that I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to consistently produce more pass rush and more coverage than, than the Falcons defense will. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. Now, the one thing that Atlanta has struggled with over the last few seasons is they'll put up a bunch of yards on you, but yep. once they get into the red zone, oh, yeah. they have some problems. Uh, yeah. As great as Julio Jones has been throughout his NFL career, he's never been the red zone monster that some of the other top receivers are. Uh, Calvin Ridley has scored a bunch of touchdowns, but he's not a overwhelmingly big player. Uh, he's a six-foot you know, receiver under 200 pounds. Uh, they're hoping that Hayden Hurst can become a better player in the red zone. So just like almost every other game in the NFL, this one's going to be decided by who can produce in the red zone. The team that scores four touchdowns on four trips is probably going to win. Uh, we'll see how the Cowboys' red zone defense was or is. They actually were pretty good against the Rams. They held the Rams to two field goals in that game. Uh, it was an actual despite... highlight of the defense, to be honest. Yeah, and it really was. And that's one of the things we're going to be watching for in this game. If the Cowboys, it doesn't matter too much if you surrender 400 passing yards and 500 total yards. Yeah. If you're preventing them from scoring touchdowns, you're going to win this game. As bad as their run defense seemed in week one, they were sticking, they, they were alive in that game late because of their red zone defense. They held the Rams to 20 points despite them moving the ball at will. So keep an eye on both red zone defenses here. Uh, as that could be the key to victory. Um, Let's pause so I can tell you guys about NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays, and you can see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game and every week. It's all the action that you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay uh, every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from all the best players such as Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Amari Cooper, and many, many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives, Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. 
Okay, Landon, it's my favorite part of the week where we <laughs> make predictions on what's oh, going to happen on Sunday. Uh, in week one, we both got it wrong. We predicted the Cowboys would win. Uh, we're looking to get this right here in week two after some 0-1 starts like our team. Uh, who do you expect to win this game and why? Uh, I mean, I, I'm picking the Cowboys again. I, I, I think, you know, they are – this is a little bit better of a matchup than um, than what we saw Sunday night just, you know, again, by proxy of the way that they play. I mean, I think that we've discussed it a little bit on Twitter as well, that that this is a maybe a more talented team that they're facing, maybe a more talented – certainly probably a, a more a, a talented offense as far as the, the skill players that are on, on the offense. Um, but I think that the way that they uh, they operate – uh, is playing better into the hands of the way the Cowboys defense wants to play. And, and mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have a little bit better success keeping Atlanta one-dimensional, and that will make the Cowboys' success on defense uh, a little bit easier to come by. Um, and then I think on offense, it's just going to come down to who can score more points against a, a weakened secondary. And, and I think that, um, you know, just because of the Cowboys' I have a little bit more faith in the Cowboys offensive line to pass block in this situation against the, the Atlanta defense than I do the Cowboys, the Atlanta offensive line against the Cowboys defense. So, uh, and, and then you add in the fact that the Cowboys have a, a running attack that can actually serve, you know, some function to help maybe kill the game or to at least keep the, the defense off balance. I, I'm hoping that that's enough to, to, to produce a Cowboys victory. Let's say, ooh, I don't know, 35-28. No, that'd be fun. All right, well, we're getting some points back on the board. Um, I, I got to be honest, I'm nervous about this game. It, it, there's just a lot of elite players on the Atlanta side of the ball that I'm not sure Dallas matches up well with. Uh, they don't have anybody who can cover Julio Jones. Even when Byron Jones was here, they couldn't stop Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley has developed into one of the better route runners in the NFL. Um, I think they're going to be a problem for the Cowboys' secondary I think linebacker continues to be a big problem for the Cowboys uh, with Leighton Vander Esch out, with Sean Lee out. Jalen Smith needs to have a better game. I expect Atlanta to run a bunch of play action, trying to get Jalen Smith in coverage. Uh, and if he doesn't improve from what we saw last week, it could be a long day. So I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to come down to the last possession or two. Um, but I'm going to pick Atlanta, and I, I, I don't – Love it. I, I, I think it's going to be one of those either-or games. Um, but I'm nervous, Landon. I'll, I'll just say that. I'm nervous. I think I, an 0-2 start here in Dallas, at, you, I have no idea what Twitter and the media is going to look oh, like on man. Monday morning, but I'm getting a little nervous for it. You, you have every right to – if you have every right to be a little bit nervous if you think that they're going to lose because 0-2 would be quite a, a hole and, and the McCarthy honeymoon would officially – be over at that point especially with seattle you know going to seattle playing the seahawks in week three uh i think people would be on the uh, edge of their seats a little bit if uh that were to happen that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in you can download the locked on cowboys podcast on itunes apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts uh make sure you follow the show at locked on cowboys you can follow landon at mccool bcb and i'm at marcus underscore mosier We will see you next time and go Cowboys.